0: Welcome to the Young Pro Podcast, where our goal is to better equip people working with young adults to grow God's kingdom. On today's show, me and Mike will talk about one of the most crucial aspects of any healthy young professional outreach, the pre-evangelistic go-and-come work. And I'll also take you to the Legacy Conference, where I sit down with Vince Somm, and he discusses his experience with this work. I'm your host, Travis Wiesenberg, and this is the Young Pro Podcast. Hi, Mike. Welcome back to The Young Pro Podcast. Today, we are getting to one of my favorite topics, and that is go and come work. I think... Terms like go and come work are beginning to almost be like buzzwords in the missional environment. They both fit into the reach part of outreach. That is how we do contact front end work, things we do before we share about our faith. We have called it sea level work and we'll go into that in another podcast a little bit more. But what we do before we call people further up and further in is this go and come work.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, outreach work is done out. It's outside our church. It's outside our group. It's reaching out. It's out in the real world, and uh, we're calling it go work, because we don't expect people to come knocking on our door and saying, "Can you tell me about Jesus Christ?" <laughs> we actually have to go and build a relationship with other people. We have to do the go work.
0: Right. Well, let me ask this: Where where should we go? Go where?
1: Well, go anywhere. Anywhere you go is going. You go to class, you go to school, you go to the gym, you go to someone's house, or you go join a club where you do stuff like music or art or sports or fitness or whatever. Wherever you actually go out into the world, you are there. In fact, the way we use the word, you go there, you come here. So you go there wherever you're going is a their environment it's someone else's environment when it's when you come you're inviting people to come into your environment into your home amongst your friends into your church but go is all about going to where other people are it's not your environment you don't have control over the environment you don't set it up but you go there and it's all really that's the where you do pre-evangelistic work it's where you build new relationships with other human beings where you treat them as human beings out there
0: Okay, I saw a church sign last week with a sign that said, All are welcome. That's pretty much an invite just to their turf, right?
1: Yeah, well, no, exactly. I mean, it's it's a funny thing when I see stuff like that. I go, So they expecting me to walk by that sign and go, Oh, wow, I'm welcome here. I'm invited <laughs> to come in. That is really a good deal. Look at that sign. It's so personal. such a friendly way to ask me to come into a strange building to meet people I don't even know doing things that I don't know why they're there and what they're doing. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to see that welcome sign and go, yeah, let me in. <laughs> I don't think so. So, but, but you change the sign. It's always a question of what does actually create a welcoming environment. I mean, this would make it funny again as well, but if what you had on your church sign was that you're going to give away $10 vouchers to Target <laughs> on Sunday at the church service, would, well, would you go in? Now, I think most of us probably not you know well, how about 25 would you go in for 25
0: i i would think about it yes <laughs> <laughs> Your college students, right, that's, right.
1: that's why you think about it uh <clears throat> and if they had a voucher for five thousand dollars you go okay what's the scam yeah you know i'm not going in there so there's this little window where maybe some people might go in <laughs> maybe but a lot of people would just go i know i'm not going to go in there free cash and now that just doesn't make sense but it's in part, people trying to get people to come into an unknown uh, environment. You know, again, unknown and known environments. A wedding in a church that you've never been in is not a fully unknown environment because you know what's going on in that environment. Somebody's going mm-hmm. to get married. and You basically have a feel for it. But if it's Sunday service in that same church rather than a wedding and you don't know anybody... Now suddenly, it's a real strange, or it's a it's a foreign uh, environment. So people have natural, predictable, understandable psychological reactions to environments. Nobody likes awkward. Nobody likes weird. Nobody likes frightening. They're not going to say, "Oh, great, something really awkward. I want to get in there." They're not going to do that.
0: Right inside, we we st- we're still that five-year-old standing behind our mom, holding on to her dress. And this, this makes me think of, uh, something that I used to run into with my dad. My dad actually is in, uh, accounting and he works in the, in the basement of a funeral home. As a kid, I would, you couldn't pay me to go into a morgue to go see a dead body. That's terrifying. I would never want to go into that. There's no reason for me to go into it. But when my dad says, Hey, come with me, come to work, or we got to stop by my office, all of a sudden that scary environment because I'm with someone I, I felt loved by is not so scary. I think for, for some people, that's church. My point is that there, there's, I think what we're getting to is there's a natural psychological barrier we all have, but people will come with us. If we have a relationship with them, that people will come. So I think it's, the question is, how do you get into relationships with
1: others? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Part of what you want to, the, the most important thing to do is treat another person as a good human being. Mm-hmm. Somebody worth you spending your time with because they're a human being. Uh, And I think there's a a mentality shift there to to some degree. It goes beyond just being nice because it's nice to be nice and, you know, being polite. It's actually having an interest in another person and being ready to break down the barriers of, of alienation that our culture puts up all over the place. We have so many people that we know and see every day, but there is a hidden barrier that says, but I would not actually go and do anything for them under ordinary circumstances.
0: Yeah. It's, it's easier said than done. I mean, the, the barriers are everywhere. Look at, look at me walking down the street. Most days on campus, I got my headphones in and maybe I'm looking at my phone and no, that's not inviting. No one's coming near me. I'm in my bubble. I'm in my isolation chamber. I'm in my pod. It's, it's almost funny looking at it from the outside, how Alienated, we we make ourselves how sort of disconnected we are just just from the phones and the and the headphones these days.
1: Yeah, that's the environment we live in. It's a very isolating, individual individualistic, alienating environment, and it really does mean that that especially post college, an awful lot of people don't have any stable, day in day out, reliable friends, in person friends. I mean, not mm-hmm. online friends, uh, people that they see a couple times uh, a week. You know, in high school, you had a pool of friends. That was probably built around common activities, or certain kind of class, or educational ability, or you had your friends. Well, however you had them, you had them. But they were selected from a small pool of people that everybody is selecting friendships, and you just mm-hmm. go, okay, you're on my team, I'm on your team, <laughs> whatever. Then in college, a little bit trickier. You still ended up settling into a set of friends, but you're choosing from a lake rather than a pool. Right. Because there's 10,000 freshmen on campus, and there's so many in my dorm, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A little bit trickier. In fact, a lot trickier. But once you become a young professional, you just get thrown right out into the Pacific Ocean. (laughs) You know, There's people everywhere, and you have no reason to relate to any of them any more than any of the rest of them. Suddenly, I have hundreds of thousands of people that I see in a day, and I have no friends you're in this ocean bobbing up and down, you know, and you see something come up over a wave and then they go back down and you go, did I know? I, well, I knew him for a second and now it's a new person. So, this is the, the world, uh, the modern world for people after they get out of college. But we don't have to conform to that world. We don't have to say, I'm going to live as an isolated member of the world, an alienated right. member of that world. We can get out of that lifestyle, that that approach and be friendly in an unfriendly world.
0: So, to do that, You have to go to those places and make friends.
1: Yes, you do. You do. Not because you need more friends, because you probably have plenty of them. You do it because they need friends. Mm -hmm. And you're doing that to serve and to love. Right. So, why don't we? Well, it's interesting. I think a lot of people don't because of fear, which is just simple social fear. It's like, I don't make friends because, you know, they might be a bear and eat me alive. No. (laughs) No. It's I don't make friends because I'm afraid of rejection or I'm I'm interpreting their behavior as saying they're not interested in friendship. You see this all the time in high school work where you walk into a place. High school kids have, it's kind of like they send out beams of don't talk to me because I will be uncomfortable if you come and talk to me. And I will make you uncomfortable if you come and talk to me. So let's have just this truce that says I won't talk to you. You don't talk to me. We all deal with the fact that we won't talk to each other. You go. No, that's not good mm. it's just not the way human beings are supposed to, to work but there's that that fear that we have uh, and, and the fear is one of rejection and awkwardness etc cetera, etc cetera. but when you get right down to fear the key thing in understanding fear is you're afraid of your own emotions that's really what wow. you're afraid of you're not afraid of the other person rejecting you like with a fist in the face mm-hmm. you're just afraid of what you're going to feel like afterwards
0: yeah, yeah, I think all our listeners out there, I hope you're, you hope you're hearing that because that is just true. It's, it's a lot of the fears I've experienced, it might's experienced, everybody experiences. We're usually just afraid of our own emotions and that is the hurdle that we, we can't get over. So I think we need to get over it. We just have to. We can't be, we can't let that become the weight that stops us from from reaching out to people, from loving people like Christ.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the other one, I think, is more of a, a of a mental justification for not uh, <laughs> talking to people, and that is, oh, I'm so busy. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got all this stuff that I've got to do. And <clears throat> busyness is just simply a, a nice-sounding way of saying, that's not a priority for me. Yeah. This is just not, you're not enough of a priority for me to stop and talk to you. Now, that is true. A lot of the times, I go, no, I, I am at work. I don't have time just to hang around and build a relationship with somebody because I'm actually supposed to be working right now. Um, but in, in these go environments, busyness shouldn't be the, the way that we would handle things. In fact, I think we're supposed to be loving our neighbor. You know, there's a great parable uh, about that, which is, so who's my neighbor? You kind of get the feeling like the guy is trying to get out of something. Yeah. And oftentimes that's the same thing with us. We use busyness as a way to get out of fulfilling a responsibility to love our neighbor. It's funny. We're living in this modern, isolated, uh relationship-hungry world where everybody's afraid to risk being hurt or, or failing in relationships. So what do they do? They isolate themselves, hide in fear, and thus fail and mm-hmm are still hungry for relationships. And then we're living in a world where we're so totally duped that it says, well, you don't want to impose your way of life. You don't want to impose your values on somebody else. And that just is a way to say, you know, you shouldn't actually go and love other people. Mm -hmm. No, you should. You should want to go and bring freedom to people. You should bring joy to people. You should bring truth to them. You know, joy to the world. It's exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Bring Mm -hmm. joy to the world because we have a source of joy. We need to be intentional, I think, Ooh. about the way we love.
0: Yes, yes, intentional. Another great buzzword of the missional climate. What do you mean by intentional love?
1: Well, first, let's just start with love is human. Mm. Uh, love is simply being a good human being. We talk to people just because they are. They've been created by God, and they're worthy to talk to. And if God's put his wonderful love in our hearts, let's express it. Now, I'm not talking about being overbearing and in their <laughs> face and all the rest of that stuff. Just show people they have value. Ask them about themselves. You know, it's funny. Everyone I know is an expert at least in one area, and that is themselves. Yeah, that's right. So they will be able to tell you something that nobody else can tell. They'll be able to engage in a conversation as an expert. So just ask them a few questions about themselves. And if you ask the right ones, not just like, so where are you from? If you ask some of the right kind of questions... People will respond to enjoyable or intriguing or interesting questions. Learn how to be a good conversationalist. That's all it is. That's what it means to to love. Our hope is that that if we did that kind of thing and built those kinds of relationships, people would want to be in the relationship more. and then they might actually respond to an invitation to come. We've gone, and now we're saying, "Hey, are you interested in coming?" Mm-hmm. And people might actually say yes to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And now we're on to the other half of the go and come work. So now you marvelous and wonderful friend that you are can invite them to come. So come come to what?
1: Ah, good question. Uh, you know, I'd I'd rephrase it a little bit because I Mm. think it it, it leads down a slightly wrong path to ask, come to what? Because I think what we're trying to do, it's more like come to who. Mm. What are we trying to do? We're trying to help help people Increase their circle of relationships, their circle of friends. That's what they're looking for. And you're providing a, a kind of friendship that they go, I like this. I would be interested in more friendship. They like you. They don't like the events that you go to because they don't know what the events are. Right. So you're, you're inviting them into, yes, your outreach environment, but your invite, invite is into actually broader relationships. We're looking for them to come into our friendship circle more than coming to an event. Um And if you have a friendship environment that has a genius for friendship, now you went write that down that 's a great line if you have an, a, a genius for friendship and you have friends who have a genius for friendship, have a circle that has a genius for friendship, people are going to want to be in that circle.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I've seen it time and time again. It's not. It doesn't matter about the event. Most mm-hmm. people can get what you're offering of the event, like a Super Bowl party, anywhere. They can mm-hmm. go to the bar and have food and, mm-hmm. and watch the game. What they want is the relationships. Yeah. So a come environment, not a come event. What What is the difference?
1: Good question. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, an environment, well, let me show you an event. An event is more purpose-driven. Okay. You, you, you put on an event to, for a, a specific purpose. A good environment can just be a great place to be. Not mm. have much of a purpose whatsoever. My family environment wasn't like, you know, my family had posted on the wall to be the best family ever on the face of the earth. Right. And let's strive to become that. No, we had an environment. We enjoyed talking together, playing cards together, watching television together, hiking together, doing whatever together. Mm. But it was just being a family. I think that's the key Is Environments are... You you just be, you're not necessarily trying to do in an environment. So we're just looking to put together a relational environment. And a good relational environment is judged on the basis of, was it a nice place to be? Not, did it get the job done? Now, imagine an environment that makes relationship building easy for you and your friends. This is what I'm talking about, a common environment. It's a welcoming environment. It's an environment in which people will say, it is so easy to make friends here. You bring your your friend John to the first environment that you have, outreach environment, opportunity. He comes and he meets three other people. And those three people uh, have made contact with him over things that he's actually interested in. Like he's a writer, or he's a Lord of the Rings fan, or he grew up in Ireland, or somewhere like that. Any of those things can become conversational topics. Good Mm -hmm. conversational topics make people feel welcome. People want to be able to have good conversations. Mm -hmm. So if you have an environment with a genius for friendship, they know what I'm trying to do in this environment is connect people to other people based on who they are, what they're interested in, et cetera. And if you do that, it makes an environment that people will say, I want to come back to that environment. If we do outreach environments right, people will connect to us. Now, John 3.16, great great passage. Everybody knows it. For God so loved the world that he hosted an event for us. No, he didn't host an event for us. God so loved the world that he sent a user's manual so we could figure out how to do this. No, he didn't send a cash award either. He sent a person. That implies relationship. It doesn't imply relationship. It is relationship. For God so loved the world, he sent somebody to be in relationship with us because that is the way human beings work. That is the way that we are. And if we have good relationships, things will happen. So we go, we build new and good and solid, strong, interesting relationships with people who are out there, and we invite them to come into an environment that will continue to grow that sense of relationship. That's great. Yeah, I
0: think for many of us, we've... That just opened up our minds from from being intentionally focused on the event and what we're doing to switch it to. You now, the intentionality is good, but actually the intentionality is more important on the people, on the relationships, on building a loving environment, on connecting them to your friends, helping them make more friends, and just making them feel the love of Christ in this environment so that they'll come back. You make it sound simple. Well, It is. Well, I guess if it's that simple, then this will be our
1: last podcast. Well, okay. No, it's not going to be our last podcast and it's not that simple, but it is simple. If you get that principle down, a lot of stuff will start to make sense and work better.
0: All right. Well, that's good because I think there's a lot more that we can take a deep dive on for a a further understanding for us and some of this material that we went over today and, and other things in this area. But we're actually going to listen today to some of the audio we got from the Legacy Conference in Minneapolis a couple of weeks ago where we heard from our brother Vince Somm on how he goes about and has went about and his experiences with doing this go and come work. So here is our interview with Vince. Okay. Legacy live podcast go and come work. Take one. I'm here with Vince Somm at the Legacy Conference, post-Legacy Conference. Vince, how are you doing?
2: wish I could say I'm doing well. Uh, I'm doing very well. Oh.
0: <laughs> so Vince, me and Mike have been talking a lot about go and come work, and I just wanted to ask you, have you, have you had any success in inviting someone who is outside of community life into a young professional event?
2: Uh, Yeah, definitely. I've had a lot more failure. That's for sure. Uh, But yeah, I've had, I've had some success for sure.
0: What were the people like that you were inviting? Were they mostly Christians or was there some people who had never experienced faith or what was their level of faith like?
2: Right. Well, in terms of inviting, I mean, all across the board, you know, I've invited all different sorts of people from the no faith to to being pretty strong Christians. But I guess in, in terms of to focus on a couple of the successes, I've had very, very little success with like people I'm just kind of meeting and maybe are involved with nothing and you know, like playing basketball with or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had pretty low success getting people like that to come but the, the area that I've had a lot of success in is just old friends, like friends from high school and, and stuff like that. And so a couple of uh, like people that have really started to, to get involved this year that I've been inviting around. One is like a uh, Christian background, really like has some faith, but pretty pretty borderline on if he's practicing that at all or really believes some of the stuff anymore. And then another one's like really 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 strong, like very rooted Christian, but went away for college, came back and like really just needs like some community, really needs some some friends and and people around. So those are a couple of examples of people I've had some success with, I guess. But in terms of inviting, it's been across the board. Great.
0: I think something for for young professionals specifically. I think all people deal with this, but. But something that really holds us back from, from making that seemingly simple invite is, is fear. What are some of the fears that you've had to get over to putting yourself out there and inviting someone into a, a YPO environment, and how would you overcome that?
2: Yeah, uh, definitely different fears come with different types of people, like I said. So I, when I've invited people that I maybe don't know super well, but like I think why not I invite them, there's definitely that fear of like, you don't want to come off too strong or just like really weird or like that you're just like desperate for friends or something <laughs> that's that's something that i've like thought of before too it's like I, you know in the back of your mind you're like okay like I, I i have friends i'm not trying to you know like really be intense about this but like i you know I, i'd love for you to come and i think like in our culture sometimes too like people actually being like really kind of nice and genuine and up front and inviting you to stuff is just kind of foreign to us we i almost don't really like to be invited to things by strangers or people don't really know. It seems like just a a sales pitch or an advertisement. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to, like, old friends, I think, a fear that I didn't used to have until I, like, talked to this, one of my old friends I played basketball with for four years, and I'd been trying to get him to come to stuff for a while, and I I sat down and had lunch with him one time, and we're chatting and just catching up, and then I, I, I talked with him about what we had going on and, like, asked him if he could come to some stuff, and he was like, yeah, I've got this thing going on until February or whatever. After that, I might be able to come to some stuff. I I can't really do much. Like, I get that you have to do, like, your mission evangelism thing. And, like, that, like, really took me aback because it was, like, this is a guy, like, we're friends. Like, I played basketball with him for four years, you know, like, all throughout high school. Like, we were very close. And all of a sudden, then the fear arose. I mean, I think it's a good thing to be cognizant of coming across as, like, just doing this to like put my time in because I like needed to do some kind of outreach to either feel good about myself that I was like doing some kind of work mm-hmm. or because I just was pressured by people. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't think I was coming across that way but it uh, you know, made me take stock of the way that I was going about it because it had come across to him that essentially our relationship had changed into just time I talked to him or tried to do anything it was just to try to get him to come to things so I, I didn't want to have, like, a transactional approach from that. And that made me really realize that, like, mission and, and, and doing stuff like that really has to come, has to be born out of friendship and relationship and not the other way around. So, like, I want to do missions, so I want to create some friendships so that they can, like, be my projects. And I think sometimes I, I for one, I know, get really burdened sometimes by, like, the weight of, like, I've got to be going out and preaching the gospel I've got to, you've got to tell people about Jesus. Because I've heard it said, and I think it's true, that like the most selfish thing you can do in life is to have a relationship with the Lord and then not tell anybody about it. Mm. And so, but sometimes that kind of weighs on me and I get this kind of like business approach to it. You know, just like I'm working for the Lord Mm. and I've got to realize that my desire to do mission has to be born out of a love for the Lord and a Mm. desire to spread that, which means that my desire to outreach to somebody has to be born out of a love for them and an actual true like, desire to see what's best for them as a person and not just because I'm trying to fill some kind of quota or feel good about myself.
0: Yeah, I think, I think you just touched on a, a great point and, some, and a fear of just being ungenuine yeah. is, just, is right. To me, what the Great Commission turned into, something that switched recently in my mind, is really it's like the greatest two commandments in action. Uh, to, love, you know, to love God with all your heart, but also to love your neighbor as yourself. So I think you hit a real good point about that. If it's not coming out of love, people people can see right through that. And I think to be intentional not only with with inviting people, but also with loving people is is key. I guess if you could speak to that last question is just how do you try and be intentional with the relationships you have? It sounds like you have a lot of relational capital with people. Um, and that yeah, that sounds very businessy. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> But it sounds like you have great relationships. So how do you use that to then bring them to know the Lord and and go out of a genuine place?
2: Uh, yeah, like I said, I think especially with people, I mean, you can't, part of the problem is too, like, you know, we talk about like just spending time with them and, and, and being genuine friends and whatnot. Well, you've got other things going on and you can't like hang out with everybody all the time. So sometimes like for some people, I don't see them that often. I do just text them because I genuinely want them to come to these events. But others that I'm able to like, I just want to genuinely hang out with them and spend time with them, uh, even if it has nothing to do with a YPO event mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, and and I think beyond that too, when I like when when they do come or something, for me realizing that like my job isn't done if they like accepted an invite and they come, but also like trying to like connect them with other people mm-hmm. and also like make sure that they they feel welcome and have a good time. And so I think that too has you know comes from a balance of like. Being with them for part of the time, but then also trying to like establish relationships and help them get connected with other people. Um, but yeah, just continuing to like genuinely want to hang out with them and uh, not just like I said, see them as some kind of transaction or whatever.
0: Yeah, that's great. I think that's. I mean,
2: that's really helpful just for me.
0: But I yeah, I think that's that that really resonates with, with just all of us. Thanks, Vince, for being a part of the first. Live I Young, pro, you. podcast. Let's get on Vince. So what I love about Vince's experience is that he used the relationships and environments that he had already gone to and established strong personal relationships with people in to ask them to then come. You can also very clearly hear in the way he speaks about his relationship that he's rightly concerned about loving the people that he's gone to which is probably why he's experienced so much success this year with those people okay young pro listeners challenge of the day mike made the point that we're pretty much constantly in go environments whether we're at work the gym class or the grocery store we are interacting with people at least some point in the day so today while you're in those go environments, I want you to try and have one intentional conversation where you actually look to love the person well and try to start a new relationship. Or if you already have a solid relationship, maybe it's time to offer an invitation to come to something. Maybe the next YPO event that's happening in your in your neck of the woods. But let me know how it goes. I'd love to share some of those stories on our next show. Okay, one last thing. Like and subscribe to this episode wherever you're listening. Also, please share this with the other people in your community that this would be helpful for. We really want to get this into the hands of the people who are actually out on the ground doing the work. There's a link to our contact sheet in the description if you want to be notified when new podcasts and YPO trainings are dropping. But until next time, young pros, keep building the kingdom. Peace.